And now, being Devo, the voice and layers. Welcome back to the BDSM show. That's Billy and Devo talk sports and manliness. As always, I'm Billy. I'm Devo, and welcome back to a second consecutive week. You, you. Feels good. And I just saw you on Saturday and Sunday. It was a sleepover party. Yeah. Do you remember any of that? I do. I actually remember all of Saturday, right up until we went to lay down with the kids. Yep, the, um... And you had a rough Sunday morning. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, the abs were a little sore yesterday. (laughs) Took it like a champ. It's a little rough. Yeah, yeah, it was. The food was delicious. The beer was cold. It was super hot outside. Yes, it was. It's a good time, though. Um, Yeah, I I enjoyed myself as well. And I think the kids really enjoyed themselves all the way up until it was time to go. Right. And then there's the, you know... The obligatory meltdown on yeah. both sides. Yep. Of course. It was funny watching Archer and Ashlyn both compete to be the baby. Right. <laughs> right. You know, like, they they both knew that they were both young. But one of you, only one can be the baby. Sure. So, that was pretty funny. They had a few spats fighting over doors. Archer wants it open, Ashlyn wants it closed. Archer yeah, mostly opens. doors. <laughs> Yeah. So they're both they're both alphas is what it boils down to. Ashlyn is definitely an alpha and she's not used to people pushing back. <laughs> so she was in for it. So yeah, they uh they had a few epic battles. It was pretty much fun. Yeah. It's a good time. Uh as it turns out the um Sam Adams summer seasonal pack. Mm-hmm. Very delicious. All those beers were great. <laughs> All 12 of them. And that's why I drink 9 out of 12. <laughs> um, and the thing is, I really, I didn't feel a buzz, really. Like, there was a minor, mild buzz, but I felt okay right up until the two young ones got up and we went and laid down with them. And after about 15 to 20 minutes laying down with them, I was like, ooh, whoa. <sighs> Spinning. Well, like it all settled in all at once. And then uh, it was a rough night sleeping just because the recliner yeah, the was not was not as comfortable as I remember it being. Um, and then the kids were up super early. Yeah, like at like a quarter to seven. Right. If not even before that. And, well, because Ashlyn was up at like five and she came and curled up on me. And then I think Archer got up. Or no, Archer was in, in with the, the lady folk. Yeah, yeah. The boys got up at like 6 o'clock, 6.30, something like that. And then all the kids were up. And then I was down. <laughs> so. You know, I got to give a shout out to old Budweiser. The Bud Select 55 is so light that I drank like eight of them and didn't get drunk. Right. Which some people might say that's a fail. I say victory. Sure. Who's got time to be drunk? Who's got time to be hungover? Right, yeah. No, it was not fun. Right, but who also loves beer? 
everybody. So these bad boys have less than two grams of carbs, and they have 55 calories. Right. It's a deal, bro. Sure. See, I think if I had just left off at maybe six or seven, I would have been perfectly fine. But, but it was um, it was so hot out, like so so hot. Right. Oh my god! And I had to, we had to move stuff that morning, and I had to cut the grass. And it made for a long day. You get a real MVP. Thank you. And then this weekend um, is the weekend prior to my birthday. Right. And I'm always of the mindset, and tell me if you think I'm stupid. If your birthday is on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, mm-hmm. you celebrate the weekend prior. Sure. Makes sense. You know, because if your birthday's on Wednesday and you celebrate it on Saturday, bro, your birthday was three days ago. No one cares. Right. Well, that was last week, but whatever. Right. Let me... That was you. <laughs> <laughs> We did get you a birthday cake, but we put a regular sparkler on it. Right. And then I noticed all these little metal bits, and I was like, you know what? I should probably brush this cookie cake off. Sure. That probably helped. This is break someone's feelings. Right. But uh, but if your birthday's on a Friday, then I think you're all set for a Saturday party. You sure. know what I mean? Like, yeah, hey, no, it makes sense. Yesterday, bro. That's then fine. We're still... Yeah, it becomes birthday weekend. Right. So my birthday is on Tuesday. Right. Oh, we're going to record on my birthday. Aw. Aw. That makes both 38. of us. Oh, that's right. We did record. Uh, we we went over midnight on yours. Yeah, it was a happy happy. More like a yeah. 40%, 20%, but yeah. But yeah, so uh, my birthday's Tuesday, so we'll be doing birthday stuff. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the kayak fishing, the new kayak, well, new to me, used kayak. Right. Uh, fishing Saturday morning. I'm going to go, like, sunrise till, like, 10. Nice. I'm going to come home. I'm going to shower. And then we're going to go to... There's a place called the Tampa Bay Fishing Outfitter that I want to go to. Jen said she's going to get me a reel. Nice. New fishing reel for my birthday. Sure. And then I told her I wanted to go to... I want to take the boys over to Game Time and Ebor and play some video games for, like, an hour. Nice. That's a great day. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that's what we're going to do Saturday. And then even better, dude, Sunday is boat day. Nice. I'm meeting up with Adam and Amanda and Jeff Dectus. Sweet. And Teal and Jen. And we're all going to ride on Adam's boat. And we're going to go to the island that Will always goes to. Will's going to round up some women of poor... Judgment? Self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And Jess, which she has plenty of self-esteem. Of course. And uh, we're going to meet out there. And then we're going to listen to some music. And I'm going to alternate between Bud Selects and Waters because I have to work on Monday. Nice. Probably a good idea. And Jen said she's not drinking at all. So we'll see. It's, it's hard to not drink on a beach on an island with boats. Right. Like... Your body just is like, you should have a beer. Nice. But I'll be alternating between beer and water. So So that's my uh, that's my this weekend. I'm pretty excited about it. And then I'm pretty sure work usually does like, they always bring in like a card and a balloon and and they, somebody makes a treat, puts it on your desk. Oh, of course. 
I hope they don't make anything sweet because I'm not eating that shit. Yeah, one year um, my boss got me the. Uh, it was when Little Caesars had the bacon wrapped pizza. Oh, nice. Where they had like the square pizza, like the deep dish, and it was the crust was wrapped in in uh, bacon, and then it had bacon sprinkled all over the pizza. For Little Caesars, it was a pretty damn good pizza. That does sound amazing. Yeah. So that was nice. Um, and I'm pretty sure Jen's gonna give me some steaks for Tuesday to cook, which I'll be fine with. That's the classy way to go. It's steak is half of the gift on your birthday, right? Oh, of course, yeah. Um, we got a new used TV in our bedroom. Nice. Jen's mom upgraded, and they had this 52 inch that they weren't sure what to do with. Nice. And so I set up their new TV. Right. And I, I set up the Hoppa because they, they signed up for Dish. Hot, hot, hot. The Hoppa. So I got that all set up with all the recordings and all the favorite channels and all that stuff. And they were like, oh, do you guys, can you use this? And I was like, yep. Sure can. Yep. Sure as heck can. So we had this like old, old Apple computer in Archer's room. Right. And literally all we used it for was a DVD player. Nice. Like, that's it. It was slow. It needs, like, it needs two gigs more of RAM, and it needs, like, three OS upgrades. Sure. Right? I mean, you've been there. Right. Um, And I just wasn't willing to do it. Like, I don't care about it. I have a computer, and it's fine. And so um, we took the TV out of my room put it in Finn's room. Since he's got the PlayStation and the Xbox. Right. And, you know, the new TV is is a 1080, even though it's a 32-inch and it doesn't really matter. But it's, you know, it's LCD, LED, 1080, 32-inch, whatever. Right. So we put that in Finn's room. looks much better. And then we took the 720, 32-inch TV and threw that in Archer's room with my old Blu-ray player. Nice. So he was really, he was really upset when I was taking the Apple out. Because he thought he was losing his TV. Right. He's like, no, no. Nice. And I was like, bro, relax. Oh, my cat's being fucking crazy. I hear that. <laughs> I hate, it's Rocky. And he's like, found a Lego head. And he's just batting it around the floor. Nice. So um, then I took the Samsung little 32 that we had in Finn's room. And I put it in there. And he goes, <gasps> and he goes, yeah. Nice. So then, obviously, I had to show him, you know, how it works. Right. And I put on, like, you know, Lego Justice League. And he climbed up on his bed, and he got his blanket, and he laid his head down, and he just laid on his bed for an hour and watched Lego Justice League. Nice. He was pretty pumped. So every time I go in there, he points to it, and he's like, turn it on, turn it on. (laughs) And I'm like, no, it's not time to watch movies in here. Right. And he screams at me. Of course. And then punches me, you in the dick. Tells me I'm grounded and takes my car keys away. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I got to go to work. And he's like, too bad you're grounded. He's a sweet boy. He is. He's all right. <laughs> he still runs and greets me at the door. Nice. I, I go home now and Finn's like, sub pops. I'm like, right. fuck you too. Puts down the smoke just long enough to say hi. <laughs> <laughs> Goes back to writing breakup poetry. Right. <laughs> Got his heart tattoo on his arm. <laughs> yep. 
I'm <laughs> writing my blog, Dad. You don't understand the struggle. <laughs> Do our kids have a generation name yet? They're not millennials, are they? I don't, not yet. I don't, I don't think they can be. Because they were born in the teens. Right. They'll be, I don't know, generation whiny bitches. Except for Archer's a meathead. <laughs> uh, what else do I got here? Move the TVs. Oh, I'm, I think I'm going to build a loft bed in Finn's room, like, soon. Oh, yeah? Because I need a desk. And Finn is going into kindergarten. Right. And he's going to need a desk. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to build a queen-sized loft bed. Okay. In his room, and we'll put a computer in there, and I'll um, make that the office. But, you know, it'll be his room, but I'll still play StarCraft in there. Right. You know, that whole deal. Sure. He'd be like, Dad. He'll wake up like 3 in the morning and be like, Dad, go to bed. Stop poning noobs. <laughs> the the Protoss and the Zergs don't need to be killed at 3 a.m. I am dr- I got an exam tomorrow. Like, You're in kindergarten. <laughs> Fuck off, Dad. Don't talk back. Yeah, got my room. Before I have to enable the parental controls. <laughs> Don't make me hit the house alarm. <laughs> awesome. So I think that's, I might do that like next week. Nice. I'm going to have, uh, I think I'm going to have Uncle Kyle come over because uh, he seems to be pretty good with wood. <laughs> and uh, go to Home Depot with me and we'll build a, I'm not going to build the desk. I'm going to buy a desk. Right. Because nobody makes a loft bed as high as I want, and this one's going to be like five feet off the ground. Nice. I want there to be, because I got 12-foot ceilings, so, like, it can go pretty high. Sure. But I don't want it so high that he gets really injured when he does decide to jump off of it. (laughs) I was even thinking about putting a playground slide on it for a while. Right. So that he can get down easily. So he's got incentive to... Go the right way. Take it easy. <laughs> All right. So I may, I may do that. I may get like just a playground slide that's and screw it in. Right. I'm definitely putting a rail on it. Well, yeah, that's necessary. Yeah. And so I might, you know, lower the rail once he gets a little older. Sure. So, so he can hop on and off from the side. But for now, he'll get the rail. Forgot to and ask you. Know. Do you like guacamole? <laughs> right. No power tools. That's my toothbrush. Um, I'm going to mount the TV up high so that he can watch it from the loft. Nice. Like real high. Like not quite to the ceiling, but pretty high. Right. And then the video games and everything I think I'll put underneath. That's probably a good idea. You know, so. On the desk, I'll use like a computer monitor kind of deal to hook the video games up to sure so there's that so that's the that's the plan i think for next weekend not this weekend because this weekend is daddy party weekend right so maybe next weekend very cool i'm often and that's all i got for intro i got hot as fuck beers were cold oh the goddamn check engine light came out of my durango new one or old one new one the old one i don't think check engine light even works because for all intents and purposes it should be on (laughs) when they made it they didn't actually have check engine lights 
<laughs> All right. It does actually have a check engine light. It comes on if you floor it. Oh, nice. It comes on because I need to replace the throttle position sensor. Right. TPS. And so it gets stuck and it idles shitty because uh, you never floor it. Right. On the rare occasion that I do have to give it a little scoot. It's like, whoa, what the fuck is this? I didn't know had the throttle open that far. <laughs> It's like check engine, then starts idling rough, and then if you just like pump the pump the gas a bunch of times, right, it breaks whatever crud is on there loose and goes back to normal. Very nice. Yeah, I got it figured out. So yeah, the new one. And as I was going to say, the new one has the check engine light on more than my one with two hundred sixty thousand miles. Well, <clears throat> I know sometimes it just it can be just emissions or. Small shit like that. So that's what this one is—is is like exhaust recycler valve or something like that. Sure. And but the nice thing is, I have a zero deductible warranty on it. Nice. That has um, rental car coverage. Sweet, even better. So yeah, I just got the problem with it is I got to get it in, and then I got to get a diagnosis. Right. I hate this fucking cat. You should punch him. I'm gonna. He doesn't get the fuck away from me. Um, but the problem is I got to get a diagnosis approved before I can get the rental. Right. And you know how these stupid shops are. They're like, oh yeah, make an appointment to bring it in. And then we won't look at it for six fucking hours. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Sure. So I'll call them in like two hours and be like, oh, so, uh, how's it going? Oh yeah. They haven't had a chance to look at it yet. Really? That's weird because I made an appointment. Right. And now they haven't looked at it. So that's just well, your appointment to pull in the garage fucker. Yeah. I think that's what it is. So, I wish there was a way to get the diagnosis faster. You know, I told Jen, I was like, I'll take the boys over there. I was like, and I'll just be like, no, we'll wait right here in your office. Let them raise out. Yep. No problem. I'll put my phone on, fucking maximum volume, Mickey Mouse, video games. (laughs) They're just like, can we get this guy out of here, please? Nope. I'm going to have my, I'm going to have, I'm going to give Archer all cups with no lids. Nice. So he can walk around spilling (laughs) shit. They're an excellent deterrent. Yep. Nope. We'll wait. Four hours? No problem. We'll be right here. It's like when we're at home and we have unexpected visitors. Like if I'm expecting a delivery, I'll put the dogs away and answer the door. If I'm not expecting a delivery, the dogs stay out. Oh, yeah. When the Jehovah's Witnesses and all the other Bible thumpers and stuff want to come around and, oh, do you have a minute to speak about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? I'm holding back two dogs that are going nuts. And they're like, oh, we can tell now's not a good time. We'll come back later. And then they never come back. So, it's fun. It's an excellent deterrent. Uh, what, a, what a day. So, um, I'm going to talk sports. It's a little early for sports. We're, we're going to have a short episode. Possibly. Possibly. We got some fun stuff on the back end. That's what she said? Yeah. Oh, we should probably tease the back end, too. Um, we're going to have spoilers. So, those of you who haven't seen the new Game of Thrones and or Spider-Man, you'll have a nice short podcast this week. Right. Right. We're gonna have, this is my first season actually watching Game of Thrones live. Oh, and it's gonna be miserable waiting for Sunday. Oh, I know it. I know it. Although the nice thing is this week is free preview weekend for HBO. 
so we can actually watch it live without the internet stream. See, and now what? Now the the trick is now this week sometime when you're getting that needing that crave, you rewatch last week's episode, right? And see what we did Sunday is we rewatched season six, episode ten, leading into this one. Yep, that's what we did. And my wife is Jones of Ford so bad that she's in the bedroom right now watching season two, right? Which it was amazing how fast that that show moved along early on. Although, I don't want to get into it yet. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, sure. Um, let's talk a little USF. We had a we had a uh, American Athletic Conference. Um, yep, you nailed it. Day. Yep. So, what, um, what, anything new uncovered? Uh, they released a depth chart, which I don't have the details in front of me. Uh, really, the only surprising thing is that they don't have Tyree McCants listed, but I think it's because he missed a lot of the spring with an injury. So... You know, going into the fall camp, they're like, these are the guys, let's give them some motivation and blah, blah, blah. And I fully expect him to have an impact this year anyway. Um, the one big news is that USF was picked unanimously by the media, 30 votes, picked unanimously to win the East and got either 24 or 26 out of 30 votes to win the conference outright. So... I want to say it was 26. Houston got two votes and Memphis and one other team got a vote apiece. Um, but USF got 26 out of 30 votes to win the conference outright. And all 30 in the East because everybody in the East can suck our dicks. Uh, so obviously it's good publicity. Everybody's feeling good on USF. We're going to start the season ranked. We've got the you know the whole expectation of running the table and... We've got the expectation to win the conference, and yada, yada, yada. Houston had all that going for them last year when they started in the top 15, and it was everybody's unanimous favorite to win the conference, and blah, blah, blah. And started off the season with a top 10 win, and <clears throat> then they, uh, they had three losses in the middle of the season that tanked their chances. So they didn't even play in the conference championship game. Navy played Temple. So hopefully it goes a little better for us. Uh, one big thing that's not necessarily exclusive to USF, the commissioner, Mike Oresco, had a, had a speech this morning and did some question and answer and stuff like that. And the one interesting thing out of that, A, he's still pounding the Power Six vibe, and that was the the seeming overarching theme for the media days last night and today. Uh, there was P6 all over everything. So, basically the narrative there is, let us in with the big boys, give us some governing power, and give us an equal shot. And, honestly, until the TV revenue is there, it's just not going to happen anyway. But, on the TV revenue front, we have our contract coming up in a couple years. We're obviously doing better than the TV providers thought we would a couple years back when we sign a deal for basically like, I don't know, three or four million a year. And so we'll be in a better position with, say, ESPN and CBS Sports and NBC. And the other intriguing note is that he mentioned he's been talking a lot to services like Facebook and Twitter. He's got a meeting, he said, with Google coming up. Other 
other services that have been mentioned before are Amazon and, and Netflix. So he's taking a less a less conservative approach, the less old school approach. He's, he's taking a new way of looking at it. And who knows what kind of money is there? Because a lot of these other conferences are locked into, you know, TV deals with ESPN. They've got their network deal with ESPN. SEC does, ACC does. Big Ten is locked in with Fox and, and the ESPN. Network. So Big 12 is locked in with Fox and, and ESPN. The only one that really has their own kind of thing going is Pac-12 has their own network that they own themselves. And they still have a deal with Fox and ESPN and such, but they're the only ones that own their network outright. So with Netflix and Amazon and Google and Twitter and, and Facebook trying to get in on the live sports action, here is a quality up-and-coming conference that's becoming more competitive with the other power conferences. We will have an open-ended kind of deal because we're coming off of a TV contract. We have some very large, dense population areas that these schools are situated in. There's reason to believe there's going to be a decent, decent value contract there. And frankly, if that's what it takes for USF to make, you know, more money on the TV front instead of, you know, one point whatever million or whatever it is now a year, and that helps the athletics and they can get facilities updated, maybe get a stadium on campus, I'll foot an extra couple bucks a month. I mean, I have Amazon Prime now, so if I could foot, you know, an extra 3 or $4 or $5 a month onto um, to my Amazon bill, then so be it. If it means I get to watch USF every game, guaranteed, absolutely. Why the hell not? You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I'm just I'm intrigued by the idea, and that like you we talked about it a little before the show. If Netflix gets into live sports, it's game over for cable. If they can put together a quality product on the internet, I mean it's it's game over for cable. It really is because what do you need a, a subscription paying one hundred fifty two hundred dollars a month for a shit ton of channels you're not watching so that you can get live sports. And you can get those three or four channels that you watch religiously. When you can cut all that and get your live sports, you know, through a streaming provider. So, I agree, uh, you know, I agree with that that idea that once that happens, it's lights out. And cable starts to die uh, a lot less slowly than they have been over the last few years. So, you want to talk about Game of Thrones first? Sure. Let's do it. Let's uh, give everybody, oh, I don't know, 10 seconds to get the fuck out if they don't want it spoiled, if you haven't seen this week's season premiere. We'll give you another heads up when we start Spider-Man. Right. We'll break it up in case you've seen one but not the other. So, um, yeah, so there you go. Doody, doody, do. That's pretty. That's pretty good. I like to think so. Thank you, man. I'm glad we recorded that. <laughs> All right. So, if you're here now, you're gonna hear Game of Thrones spoilers. So brace yourself for that. Snape kills Dumbledore. Totally. Sorry. 
Jon Snow murders Snape. <laughs> Dumbledore is the faceless man. Oh. He's all along. And the Snow King, or the Ice King, is actually and, and he who shall heard, not be named. I've heard some ridiculous fan theories. Okay. Like, they get so crazy, these these fan theories. They're like, oh, maybe Ned Stark was the faceless man the whole time. It's like, no, why? Right. We lose all credibility if that's true. Right. I don't even like I don't even like the fact that Jon Snow came back. And I don't like the fact that Arya now can bring anybody back, basically. Well, I mean sort of. If I not mean, momentarily. Bruh, she imitated Walter Frey so well that all forty of his kids or whatever were like, Hey Pops, what's up? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's true, but she's a faceless man now. I guess. She's one of the assassins. I guess. And like yeah. the whole theory there is that the faceless man or Jock and Hagar or whatever wasn't, he didn't actually want to oust her and want her murdered. That was just another test for her and was a way of toughening her up. Right. She took. I mean, she did get stabbed in the belly. Right. And she hardened for it. Yeah, um, she's cold blooded. Oh, uh, Arya does is not to be fucked with. So they had a cold opening, which was new, right? Right. They, they do never... it once in a while, but not often. Oh, I think the Hound episode got a cold opening. There was that one, and then the I want to say, I want to say either season three or season four, when we were watching um, on DVD, one of those cold opened. But, yeah, it doesn't happen often. It's been, like, maybe three or four episodes in the entire series. So, um, we touched on a lot of of storylines that I didn't think we were going to get to in the first right. episode. Right? So, let's recap. Um, when we left Arya, she had killed Walter Frey. Right. Right? So, then we come back, and opening scene is Arya as Walter Frey. Right. Where she poisons everybody in the room. Yes, ruthlessly. After a good finger-wagging. Except for the servants. Right. Well, she also needs somebody to tell her story to make the make her seem, you know, larger than life. Right. Because even later in the, in the show, Jamie even mentions, like, um, you know, whoever killed the phrase probably isn't a big Lannister fan either. Right. Just so you know. The North remembers, and winter has come for the phrase. That's awesome. I was like, I mean, damn. It was pretty goddamn sinister. I The one meme I thought was hilarious was uh, something along the lines of, you know, murders all of the phrase, doesn't free her Uncle Edmure. And I'm like, you know what? That guy was a fucking twat and a half anyway. Yeah, he was. He was a bitch. I so. left him in jail, too. And so, so we touched that. And then the next, was the next scene the Hound? Um, with the with the brothers, I they touched briefly on the fact that the the White Walkers were coming. Oh yeah, yeah. That was like it. ever so brief. Like, hey, don't forget these guys. Don't forget the with three with three zombie giants. Oh uh, yeah, I saw that. I was like, well, that's not good. Well, you know, John mentioned um bef- before he was so rudely murdered, um, flooding that access tunnel. Right. And then, you know, letting it freeze over. Right. 
I hope they do that because those three zombie giants right. will rip right through that. Because, you know, the actual live giants almost made it through. Right, yeah. So now imagine ones that can function with arrows in their heads. Right. So um, I thought that was pretty impressive. I can't wait to see the, the uh, giants just do work. Sure. Um, John is tending to the north as king. Right. Um, and he's got, he did a super grown up, uh, mature thing while he was in Winterfell. Right. Sansa wanted to punish the families that sided with the Boltons. Right. Whereas John described the punishment for treason, which is death. And he said, listen, both of those lords died in battle. Right. They're dead now. And so these young people here, they were just following their lord's commands. Or they were just living in the castle while it was going on. So he called them up and he said, you guys with us? And they're like, yep. And he's like, sweet, see that? We didn't have to, you know, kick anybody out of their castle. Right. Because that's how you make enemies. Right. And, you know, it's funny because the one guy's like, I think we should tear their castles down and the John's like, no, their castles didn't commit any crimes. Right. (laughs) They're crucial holds. Yeah, we're going to need every single fortress from here to to King's Landing to try and hold these White Walkers off. Right. Right. So um, I thought that was kind of fun. And, and, you know, Sansa challenged him, and he had to put, you know, he had to put his daddy voice on. Right. Put her in her place. And say, listen here, lady. Right. I was concerned about where that takes them as far as tension goes. And then they talked it out. And and they hugged it out. And he's like, I'm stupid. I mean, I know I'm stupid. Right. They kind of hashed it out. And she was like, no, you're really good at doing this and blah, blah, blah. Then, of course, Littlefinger, you expect him to come in and and pry his way in. And she's just like, stop talking. Dude, she put him in his place. Right. She's like, nope. She's like, you don't have to take the last word. I'll just, I'll just pretend like you said something clever. Right. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. And then Bree comes up, and Bree's like, I'm gonna murder that guy. Right. I love Brienne. I really want Brienne and Tormund to end up together. Oh, that'd be great. Imagine the kids they have. <laughs> They'd be fucking giants, dude. That's yeah. how the giants were born. <laughs> and so the wildlings are gonna go man the wall. Right. I, I think that's that's a pretty sweet move. Sure. Well, you think it, besides the fact that you've already brought them into your lands and all that stuff, it tells them that they're more than just an army. Like, you're actually putting faith in them. Like, listen, you, you're going to have to hold the wall. Right. They, you're telling them that to you, they're more than just mindless, you know, rapers and pillagers. Like, they're, they're you have trust in them now. Yeah. Um, I also thought it was interesting that John said, no, we're going to train women and children to throw pikes. Right. You know, and to, to fight. So. And the, the one Glover, Lord Glover, whatever, is offended by it. And then Leanna Mormont is like, uh, no, no, we're going to fight. I don't need your permission to pick up a sword. Right. That's I fucking love her. She's it's, so amazing. Yep. So. She's just like, uh, no, last I checked, I'm a northerner just like you, and I don't need a permission to protect my lands. To defend my house. That's right. That's amazing. 
She's an amazing character. I hope she lives forever. I'm telling you, she's going to ride into the final battle on a polar bear's back. I, that would be, besides the fact that it's completely ridiculous, it would be amazing. Like the golden compass. <laughs> she's going to ride, and the polar bear's going to talk with Sam Elliott's voice. Nice. <laughs> <clears throat> it's going to be great. Um, speaking of Mormonts, um, Jorah the Explorer made a, uh, a a guest appearance. Right. His arm mostly made the appearance, but yeah. I mean, we saw the silhouette of his face, and it was definitely his little pouty face. Right. Um, Jen's theory is that the dragon glass can also excise grayscale. That could be it. The other prevailing theory I've seen, at least browsing through, now that I'm up to speed and watching live, I can read the Reddit threads on, That's right. on the Game of Thrones subreddit. It all makes sense, and I can postulate with everybody now. Uh-huh, and you can um, click on the little grayed-out spoilers. Right. Um, the One of the other theories is that Sam, who is having a shitty time mm-hmm. at the I Citadel... He did there. <laughs> he, uh, he obviously stole the keys to get to the... Uh, forbidden, if you will, books. <laughs> That's right. The adult section of the library. Right. Which is how he found out that there's dragon glass under Dragonstone. Imagine that. <laughs> and uh, he's one of the theories is that he's going to find the cure for grayscale there. So, right, because the girl, um, Stannis' daughter, spent a lot of time at grayscale because Robert Brathian gave Stannis that keep, that fortress. Right. But her grayscale never moved past its infant stage while she was at the castle. That would make sense then. Possibly. So Jen yeah. thinks it has something to do with it. I could see that. Yeah, I was like, all right, that's better than some of the other theories you were telling me. Right. So, um, and so Sam also has, has been training, and I'm air quoting training, at the Citadel. I think that they're hazing him. Right, they're having, having him take the shitty jobs. And, like, so Game of Thrones is graphic, right? Of course. Like, the, like the Viper got his head squished. Like a melon. Multiple beheadings. I lost. mean, that that scene, that one scene, that was the only scene in the entire show where, like, when the credits started rolling, I was still fucking shaking. Yeah, that was a pretty shocking thing. I think it was the fact that they showed his squished head. I was I was legitimately shook. I was like, holy fuck, did that just happen? There's people burned alive. There's people poisoned to death. There's lots of wieners. There's lots of boobs. There's lots of bush. I mean, it's a graphic show. Right. I personally was not ready to see Sam clean out bedpans. I mean, muddy water is one thing, <laughs> but the fucking turds rolling around. <laughs> that look like sausages. I was not giblets. Right. I was that's <laughs> I was like, that's fucking gross. That's like cross the cross the line for me. Yeah, that's Heather stopped watching that part. She's like, Is it done yet? <laughs> I mean, I because like the muddy water, fine. It's diarrhea. Right. But, but not the turds. Then there's little solid bits in it. Like fucking well, baked beans. <laughs> like no, like fucking like red beans and rice with sausage bits. <laughs> yeah, like, it was this, pretty brittle. I was like, that's the grossest thing so far. Not the viper's head getting squashed. Right. And not the raping of Sansa. I think every time 
that Sam went, Heather actually went with him. Jeff, too. I think she looked away. She's like, every time he's like, yeah, you're right. Every time he gagged, she was like, oh, my God, I think I'm going to puke. Yeah, she just looked down. And eventually he stopped splashing. And she's like, okay, is it done yet? God. How many letters do you think HBO got on that deal? Oh, I'm sure a few. I just spent fifteen dollars. All, all the hardcore sex, all the rape and, and incest, beheadings, burnings, flings, Heads all on that the stuff. Pike. I mean, they cut, you know, Theon's dick off. I mean, right. And this would be it. This would be where people draw the line. People are like, whoa, 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 was that a turd? Diarrhea is enough. That's where I draw the line. Okay. Squishing someone's head is one thing, but potty humor. I don't need butt piss. <laughs> so, I thought that was interesting. And so apparently he found a cache of of dragonglass under Dragonstone. Right. Where our illustrious would-be queen has landed her fleet. Right. Um, we also saw Theon's uncle. Yes, Euron. He showed up at King's Landing where he made an ass out of himself. I fucking love Euron. I thought I didn't like him last season, but now I think he's funny. Well, I think his debut, his his the way he showed up was just kind of abrupt and it's like who the fuck is this guy that he's just murdered Balon Greyjoy and now all of a sudden he's king shit. He's the king of the Iron Isles. Who the fuck is this guy? Because I know I've read other other people with the same opinion. Like, don't don't care for him. Why am I supposed to give a fuck about this guy? But um, so far this season, I enjoy him. I, his scene with Cersei was was awesome. He's got a, a certain charisma to him. Like he's a wise ass. Like, okay, yeah, you guys kicked the shit out of us, and now I'm back. Hey, also are. still have two good hands. So. Yep. I'm better and, for it. Thanks. And I have the Iron Fleet. Right. Um, I The gift he wants to bring is either a dragon or Tyrion. That's my theory, too. Because obviously they both... I don't know that Jamie still wants Tyrion. I think when he was telling... Um, when he was telling Bronn that he would, you know, murder him if he saw him again. I don't know that he would. He's he's still I think he still has a soft spot for him. Yeah, I agree. Cersei says, you know, he's a traitor and he's leading an army to come kill us. Right. Well, she still has the dumb fuck opinion that Tyrion and Sansa Sansa, you know, murdered Joffrey. So I think that's gonna be an issue where Littlefinger's getting shut out by Sansa, so he's gonna go to Cersei and go, Hey, by the way, your king murderer is uh, in the north. I know where to get her. So, well, and she even sent a uh, a raven to John to tell him he has to come to Winterfell to bend a knee, right to King's Landing. Yeah, and he just kind of chuckled it off. He's like, "Yeah, we're not doing that." Right, right. They would have to be stupid. She can't be that stupid that she's like, "I hate them. I'm going to go after them right now." Yeah, and winter is here, so and that's what John said. He's like, they're not going to be able to come after us until after winter, and after winter we might not still be here. So right, we don't have to worry about King's Landing or the Lannisters. Right. So I thought that was pretty cool too. Like you know, 
he got it, you know, and he didn't, you know, he could have just texted back like, LOL. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, whatever, lady. Yeah, I think either next episode or the third episode of the season is where we're going to see him start heading to Dragonstone to talk to Danis. Dan- Danny? Yeah, Daenerys. There we go. I know, a brain fart. Because uh, Sam obviously was like, hey, we need to send a raven to John about the dragon glass. The cache of dragon glass that's under Dragonstone. Right. So I think he's going to make his way there and, you know, tell her, hey, let us have this dragon glass. We needed to fight the White Walkers that are coming that are going to murder us all if we don't do something about it. And as soon as we have that problem under control, we'll help you stomp out the Lannisters and what Greyjoys are sailing with Euron. I think that the naval battle is going to be just epic. It should be. I mean, I, we haven't seen a naval battle on this show yet, so I think it'll be really fun. It's got a chance to be. I mean, they came, to, they kept the same budget from ten episode seasons, and they kept it over, even though they were only it's only going to be seven episodes, and then season eight's going to be six. So they had a lot more per episode budget to work with. The naval battle should be nothing but incredible. Well, and I wonder if Huron knows that Theon's navy also has air support. You know what I mean? I I would think he has to know by now. Yeah. Or it has to have gotten to him by now. So I wonder how they plan on countering the Reign of Fire. That's a great question. So that'll be fun, too. Yeah. Unless, you know, a mutiny could just stop it all if... Uh, you know, they can get on board and kill him and get the rest of the fleet to follow him. Right. Because they'll need the fleet to uh, to fight the White Walkers, too, I imagine. Sure, because uh, as it looks now, the White Walkers might be to where the wall ends at the water. Yep, and so that would be nice to just have the fleet there just to bombard them. Right. Um, so, oh, the Hound. Yes. The Hound came back, so he recognizes they're on their way to the Wall, right? I think so. They and never really... I don't think they specified, did they? I don't think so. Because, you know, they were kind of chit-chatting back and forth that they weren't quite sure what the Lord of Light wanted them to do. Right. Right? He's like, I know that they need me, but I couldn't tell you what I'm supposed to be doing here. Right. So then... Uh, the Hound is like, listen, guy, you're dumb, your religion's dumb, but I like you, so I'm going to hang out. Sure. So they get to this little cottage that looks deserted, and the Hound recognizes it right from episode like, or from season like two or three. Right. This is one of the places that um, that uh, Arya and Hound stayed when he was trying to get her to the Vale. Right. And so he robbed them. Yep. He took all their silver, and he knew. He's like, listen, these guys aren't going to make it through the winter. He's like, they'll never live. And, you know, Arya's like, well, we got to help him. And he's like, who cares? So then he comes back, and he sees that they did indeed die, and that he could have helped them and didn't. Right. right? And then so, the way that they probably had to, to do it. Right. They were starving to death. So instead of starving to death, he kills his daughter, and then he kills himself. Right. And so... um you know, the hound is real tore up about this and he's kind of new to these feelings. Right. He's just setting down on his redemption arc. Oh, that's right. You know, like, and like the guy said, listen, buddy, you got enough time that you can do more good than you did bad. 
Right. And you get in this thing on an upswing. Right. And so Hound is a little moved by it. And the other guy with the uh, man bun convinces Hound to come look at the fire. Right. Right. Which he's been avoiding. He doesn't like fire. He was burned as a youngster. And he doesn't believe in the Lord of Light. Right. So he's like, all right, what do I see? I see some burning logs. He's like looking at it a little bit longer. And he's like, wait a tick. And he starts having a vision. Right. Right. And like that's a huge moment, I think, for me and like for the hound. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, and for him himself is now he has a purpose. Right. Because sure. that's something that he like kind of lacked before. He had a purpose when he was with Arya. Right. He'll tell you it's for money, but he loves her. Right. Yeah. He felt obligated to protect her. Right. And same thing with Sansa. You know, he just had a soft spot for her. Right. Uh, but now he has like a purpose, like f- for mankind. Um, so I think it'll be really neat because he's there, I guess, on their way now to that same castle that the wildlings are on their way to. Right. Because that was what he saw was the zombies going to the castle at the sea by the wall. Right. So um, I thought that was really cool that he is, you know, he's kind of like initiated. Yes. Did he Not, say, now I don't remember now. Did he say he saw a mountain of ice? A mountain. Of ice? Yeah. So, so I th- I think that's kind of hinting to foreshadowing too, and maybe it's just too easy. The Klee Game Bowl. Yes, the Battle of the Brothers. Well, the one live brother and the other zombie brother. Yep. And I think isn't the mountain also on Arya's list? I think so. Yeah. I think he is too. I think the Hound was on the list because she thinks he's dead. Right. You know, I mean, Bree fucked him up and left him. They left him. She stole his. She stole his silver. Well, and then when he was talking to uh, the waif about who, when she was talking to her about who was on her list, she left off the mountain. And I don't remember if she explained it or not, but at at some point she took him off her list, and that's right. why she didn't murder him or anything when she had the chance. She just left him there because, well, she thought he was dying. Or she just didn't. She didn't actually want to kill him. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, I, you know, and I really, it ended with, um, it ended with, Daenerys standing around the war table that Stannis was at for most of, the first couple of episodes. Right. Right. Yep. So. I thought it was really neat. And that's that's where she was born. That was her family's castle. Right, yeah. So um, she feels, I think that's going to be her home base. You know what I mean? Well, I think it has to be, yeah. So now she has to unload all of her stuff up that tiny little walkway. <laughs> right, yeah. Holy shit. Uh, but it'll still be, it'll be, the next episode, I guarantee that castle is spick and span and fully fully manned. Right, decked out in Targaryen colors. Yep. With, you know, dragon perches and everything. Like, it's ready. Right. So, and then she'll probably start making her plans, send out some ravens, you know, get some allies going, because she'll probably send Viri's out to collect some bannermen. You know what I mean? Of course. He seems to be pretty good, pretty persuasive. 
they've you know they've got Doran and they've got the Tyrells and right. they've and they've got some of the Greyjoys. Sure. In so. all likelihood, have all of the North. Yep. Yeah. As soon as, um, as soon as they get word to John. Right. Well, once everybody figures out that John and Daenerys are like cousins or some shit. Right. That's when um, when Bran gets back and can explain to them like, "Hey, Daenerys is your aunt." Right. So don't fuck her. Be cool. <laughs> Uh, I'm Gen- hoping that doesn't happen before he has a chance to tell her or tell him like, Hey, yeah, no, she's family. Don't, don't hump her. Jen was thinking maybe Daenerys would marry Jamie Lannister to, to gain the Lannister armies. I see. I don't see it because of Cersei. Right. Well, Jamie's going to have to kill Cersei. Well, that, I think that's eventually coming. He's the Kingslayer. Right. So. So. Um, so that's that. So there you have it. There's our Game of Thrones. Did you, yeah, see, did expect, you see the scenes uh, for the next? I Maybe. I think I did. I don't remember now. All I remember is John choking uh, Littlefinger in the crypt. Yeah, that'll be a good thing. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, I do expect things to pick up. This one was kind of slow in a lot of places, but I think it was it was a perfect way to to kind of start bringing the storylines all together, right closer to each other, closer to the middle. So you had all these things going on in the last two episodes of season six, and now okay, Daenerys has landed in Westeros. Um, you know. The North is settling into their business and figuring out how to defend themselves from the White Walkers. Bran's now back at the wall, so we know he's back. And everything's just kind of tightening up. Everything's coming closer and closer. And I think it's... We obviously don't have many episodes left. We've got essentially what amounts to a little over a full season left. So I think things are going to start picking up pace um, pretty quickly. I think the whole season eight is going to be the battles with the, the walkers. I could see that. I could the see whole, season seven every being... episode just being, you know, the humans defeated at the wall, the humans defeated at the next castle, humans defeated at the next castle. You know what I mean? Winterfell right. falls, and then it's going to be like, okay, well, we'll make our stand at like King's Landing. Right. You know what I mean? Sure, I could see that. Where and season like, seven is kind of the humans bickering with each other, and then and season then, eight right, is finale what's left is over. like finale is like Castle Black falls, and everybody's like, "Oh shit, this is real." Right. That's the crazy thing is like everybody in King's Landing, everybody in the South is like, "Oh, those are just a myth." Yeah, it, and that you know, fuck it, that's Northern problems. We don't give a shit about that. Right, and the North is like, hello, people, hello, they're real, they're real, yeah. they're real, we've seen them, hello. I mean, we got kids with pikes over here, just so you know. Right. So, the yeah. North remembers. Of course, the North is ready, they were born for this. Yeah, right, they've been, they've been, uh, you know, preparing for it for years. Right. So, I'm really pumped to see how Sam, you know, how does he get his Everest College degree? And right. um, I'm interested to see how Jorah the Explorer gets cured. 
And who else are we missing? Gentry. He's still missing. Yeah, I want Gentry back bad. You know what? And if he does come back, he would technically command the Baratheon army. He could. I mean, he has the only real claim to the throne, well, uh, to genetically to, speaking. And at least to the Baratheon, you know, the Baratheon uh, armies, since Stannis and Renly are dead. Well, yeah, what's left of the Baratheon armies? That's what I'm saying. Like, whatever's left of it, he'd be in charge of. Sure. But he was a blacksmith, right? So he's going to be the guy who has to do the Valyrian steel. He has to be. That's that's how it makes sense. Like, like he's going to come you bring in. Him back in and be like, oh, yeah, I've been studying right. over with the stone people. I think he's the season finale. I, I, he'll come back with Valyrian steel on its rowboat. He'll yeah, be like, Davos, you said keep the coast on my left. Dude, I've been around this island six times. <laughs> I could see him landing back at Dragonstone. <laughs> with gigantic arms. He's like, right, when he sees that there's different different flags waving there. Because now he's safe from Melisandre and Stannis, who are not now trying to murder him anymore. And he's like, hey guys, what's up? I'm, uh, I, I'm Gendry. Uh, I left here like eight years ago. <laughs> I've been rowing ever since. I'm a quality blacksmith. Check out my work. But I think that's it when they're like, okay, dragon glasses, how we beat them. Now how do we make the weapons? How do we make this Valerian steel? Boom. You've got a blacksmith that's talented enough to make Valerian steel. Right. So we need some Valerian steel arrowheads. That's what we need. I would love to see him be like, that's how they walk off season seven. It's like, here's Gendry, kicks in the door. I'm here to forge steel and fuck bitches. <laughs> nice. Um, and, you know, he's a friendly when he figures out, you know, Arya's uh, alive. So Right, yeah. You know, he, he worked pretty hard to keep her safe. Right. I tell you, the only, there's two reunions that I'm really looking forward to. And that is Arya and Nymeria, who was her dire wolf that she had to say goodbye to back way back in like season one. Back when she bucked uh, and, Joff- Joffrey off a horse or something. Right. And then Arya and Jon. Because like she was the only one that was like, no, Jon, you're not a piece of shit. Yep. And he's the one so, who gave her needle. Like Rob looked at him as a brother the whole time. Rob actually had some sense to him. And I think, if I remember right, Rob was going to legitimize him as a Stark before he was murdered by the phrase. And that was it. Sansa looked at him like a piece of shit because Catelyn did. And Bran, I don't know that Bran really had any feelings about him one way or the other. And Rickon never really said anything. So who the fuck knows what Rickon thought? But Arya, Arya and John had the closest connection of the siblings, and so that's really what I want to see. Like, he was the one that had Needle made for her, and he's the one who saw the fighter in her. And so that's I can't wait to see those two get back together. That's going to be good. So you got a couple of minutes left for Spider-Man? Oh, we do. We do. So... Now, if you've stuck around for Game of Thrones spoiler uh, and you have not seen Spider-Man, 
We'll give you some elevator music to see your way out and uh, give you time to get away because we're going to spoil Spider-Man too. Do like a bossa so, nova beat. So, um, if you're still around and you haven't seen Spider-Man, uh, too bad. We're about to spoil it. Snape kills Dumbledore. Uh, yes. And then Peter Parker murders Snape. Peter Parker pecked a peck of pickled peppers. As far as you didn't know that. Yeah. In the Vulture, the Vulture is, uh, he who shall Beetle, not be named. Beetlejuice. Right. Nice fucking model. Right, <laughs> Um, I really liked it. I thought it was my second favorite Marvel movie so far. Right. I What I enjoyed most, well, I wouldn't say most, but what I really enjoyed was especially in the beginning when they're explaining how things get cleaned up after these big superhero fights. Because that's yeah, never that really neat. addressed. Yeah, that's you true. You know what I mean? Like they, they have these big fights. And Civil War was really the first one to address, like, the aftermath. Like, okay, everything you do has consequences. But there was never any, okay, half of New York, New York City was just blown up. What do they do to move on? How was Stark Tower back in great shape? Right. Because after 9-11, it legit took, like, years right, to clear all that rubble. That was just two buildings. Right. It took them years to clear the rubble. And then it took them years to come up with a plan to replace it. And then it took them years to get that plan approved and then finally get it up. Yep. So I agree. I think it was really neat to see, you know, the how, how they clean up. Right. And I thought it was a great way to tie the Spider-Man movies instantly into... The Marvel Cinematic Universe, besides just having Spider-Man show up in Civil War, like it, it made you think, okay, now these people have been existing in the same universe that we've been watching for the last ten years. And it was great to see the Spider-Man side of Civil War. Right, that was pretty neat. That was neat. What a great idea. Right. Um, I like that Peter Parker is only like fourteen years old and he's a sophomore. Right, so we're not just going to blast a graduation and then move on to adult Peter. Right, adult Peter who lives in an apartment and can't pay his rent because he's too busy being Spider-Man and can't do his job. Right. Um, so I really liked that, that he was 14. Um, they definitely tried to make Aunt May look older. A little bit. You know, they grayed her hair a little more and gave her more mom jeans. Sure, but Marissa Tomei still looks hot either way. She is still steamy. Right. Um, I thought Michael Keaton almost stole the show. He was very good as the villain. Uh, what what an amazing job that guy does! Right. I also thought it was great because it showed you how bad guys get their tech. Right. You know, because otherwise they there nobody would ever be a match for Spider Man, right? Of course, he would just be able to like walk in. Spidey sense would tell him when to duck and web somebody until the police come sure well you know now they show that this guy who got fired and he's just trying to make ends meet for his family and for his employees families 
you know, that's how they make their money is by salvaging or stealing this tech from Tony Stark's cleanup crews. Right. Right. You know, like the one was like, oh, this is a legit, you know, Ultron arm from Sokovia. Right. You know, and it had been, you know, turned into a gun. Right. Yeah. It was, it was very, very well executed. I thought it was very well written. Uh, It was all tied in very well to, I always enjoy seeing how the villains become villains rather than just, oh, here's a bad guy and he's really bad. And, you know, what they did perfect was also how a hero becomes a hero. Sure. Right? So he starts off as Spider-Man, which I love. We didn't have to waste 20 minutes on, on uh, you know, what do they call it? Origin. Right. They took five seconds while Ned was grilling him. Yeah, exactly. They took, exactly. It was three scenes long where he's walking down the street. He goes, huh, you got bit by a spider. Is the spider still around? No, the spider's not still around. Okay. Um, can you do this? Can you do that? Can you do this? Can you do that? No, no. Yes, yes, no. Okay. We're done. Boom, done. And now we're back to Spider-Man. Whereas the right. Toby Keith one, it took 30 minutes for him to even turn into Spider-Man. Right. And it was the same with the Andy Garfield Toby one. Keith, Toby Maguire. Right. I was just going to let it fly, man. <laughs> That'd be funny. And spider whips for my horses. I'll put my spider boot up your ass. <laughs> um, I... Loved that he hacked his suit. Right. The um the voice, the computer voice they talked to was great. Karen, yep. Yep, Karen. Uh, you know, um and I love that he turned down being in the Avengers because he can't be in the Avengers when Sony takes him back. Right. Well, I mean there's that, that aspect to it, sure. They they I guess I didn't even really think about it that way, where they could write it that way and then you know, he has his fun and then moves on back to Sony. Um, but I like that he finally took Tony's advice and was like, no, I'm I'm just going to stay local. You know, um, I did enjoy Karen. I thought Karen was hilarious. What I found extra hilarious was when me and the boy came home, we were playing Lego Avengers. And we, of course, had to play the one with Spider-Man in the game. And then he had to talk about how Karen was telling him to do this and do that and awesome. do this and do that. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Yeah. I um I really enjoyed it and I thought the Michael Keaton character of the Vulture also had a little moment of redemption towards the end. Sure. The guy, I guess that's supposed to be the Scorpion in prison. Yes. Yep is looking for Spider-Man's identity and Michael Keaton, who obviously knows who it is because I thought the conversation that they had in the car at the dance was fantastic. Oh, it was amazing. It was incredible. As you start to see him piece it together and he's like, wait a minute. Yep, you're a fucking Spider-Man. Right. And, you know, it's it was neat because he's like, listen, you saved my daughter's life and I could never repay you for that. Right. You know, so let's just call it even and knock it off. Sure. You know, and but you know, Peter Parker knew the whole time that I can I can't just let it go. Right. You know, he ditched his phone knowing that he was gonna have to go back and track his phone. Right. So I thought you know, I, I really I liked the Michael Keaton character and I'm wondering if in in the if Michael Keaton gets paroled and he's gonna be end up being like the air quote Tony Stark. 
Sure. Who, you know, funds and um, produces the tech for Spider-Man once it's back to Sony. I could see that. You know, because he would make a good anchor because, you know, this Spider-Man ends up dying. Spoiler alert, by the way. Whoa. And then the Donald Glover, his nephew, remember he mentioned he had a nephew when Spider-Man glued his hand to the trunk? Right. Yep, and his nephew is supposed to be Miles Morales. Miles Morales, who takes the suit up after Peter Parker dies. Yeah, as ultimate Spider-Man. So I could see Michael Keaton being an anchor to bridge that gap. He could be. The only the only issue I have, the only question I have there is he basically gets his tech from his tech wizard, who is clearly an evil piece of shit. <laughs> so that that would be the twist there is how does he... Manage that with that going on. And I, again, they were getting all the tech by stealing it. So, but I, I did thoroughly enjoy Michael Keaton's character. Um, I didn't see that twist coming. Me neither. And, you know, I thought it was the terror on Peter Parker's face just absolutely sold it for me. Right. Right. Well, and like, think, had prom been a week earlier, he would have had no idea because he wouldn't have encountered him. And Right. Um, no, it was really well done. He sold it really well. Yep. And they gave us a sneak preview of the Iron Spider at the end of the movie. Right. That was the Iron Man, Spider-Man suit. I imagine he'll wear that in the Thanos battle. Sure. Um, the kid, the you know, the dickhead um, Indian Flash. kid. Yeah. Yep. In the cartoons, he ends up being Venom. Right. And he ends up being Team Spider-Man because he's such a dickhead. He can control the symbiote. Right. So that'll be kind of fun, too. I hope that kid does actually turn into uh, Venom. Well, here's the problem I have with that is if Sony, because Sony said they're loosely tying their movies to the the Spider-Man issues with Marvel, they have... Tom Hardy set to play Venom. Oh, do they? Yeah, so that would... I would love if Marvel would just do what they want with Venom, and then Sony's just kind of fucked since they've kind of, you know, ruined things with it anyway. But, um, yeah, that that's... Well, maybe he's may... like evil Venom, and then Flash... The symbiote jumps to Flash, and then that's good, good Venom. Maybe that could be their way you know, of tying ben, them together. Venom goes both ways, you know. He's he's yeah. kind of an, an anti-hero. Sure. And then Venom doesn't. Venom gives birth to Carnage. No, I think so. And Carnage is one of the next villains, isn't it? I think yeah. In their in the Sony movies, they've got Carnage lined up. They I think I read somewhere that they cast Carnage. So. That'll be fun, I, too. It's going to be really hard to fucking keep up with when Sony starts deciding to make movies based off of what Marvel's doing, and Marvel's still doing their own thing because, you know, fuck Sony. Right. And the 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 president or CEO or whatever the fuck she is of Sony, I don't know how she still has a job, but Jesus Christ, it's going to be a big clusterfuck because she came out at some press event for Spider-Man and said, oh, yeah, where our movies are going to be tied into this, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and... Kevin Feige just kind of sat through it, making funny faces, and then it came out afterwards that, oh, no, no, they're not. <laughs> wow. So, 
Who knows? They, this would be the the crazy thing would be if Marvel has spent so long planning out this universe and intricately planning every detail while allowing for a chance that Spider-Man might be at their disposal and then Sony fucks it up like <laughs> Sony has been fucking things up lately. How fucking just crazy would that be if Sony sunk the whole thing? That would be crazy. Um, let's see. Was there any other spoilers we wanted to talk about? Any other Easter eggs? I did enjoy the Captain America uh, post credit scene. Yeah, that was fun. That was a fucking classic troll job. And the coach, PE coach, he was also in Daddy Daycare. What's his name? Burris something. Hannibal Burris, yep. Hannibal Burris. He is hilarious. I've never seen anything that I didn't like of his. Right. Right. No, he's hilarious. This is the one scene where he plays the Captain America video clip. He's like, I'm pretty sure this guy's a war criminal, but they told me to play it, so whatever. (laughs) And then Cap points to his good friend, the coach, and the coach is standing on the other side of the the TV. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was well done. Yeah, I uh, I really did enjoy it. Um, and I think that's all I got. Yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got. I don't think I have really anything much more to to mention. I just joke. my overall take from it was I loved how they they tied it all in together with the Marvel stuff so seamlessly. Marvel, I we say it every time they make one of these movies, but Marvel really kills it. They've got their shit together. Uh, Warner Brothers and DC could fucking learn a, t- a thing or two. So that's all I have to say about that. And you have a uh, joke for us. I do have a joke. So this one's a little bit, little bit longer than our usual joke, but it's thoroughly enjoyable. Devin, you'll especially enjoy this one. So. Three spies from England, France, and Italy were sent to the USSR. After a week, they were captured and put in jail. The Russians took the English spy, tied and tortured him, and after 20 minutes, he gave up all the info. Then the Russians took the French spy. They tied and tortured him, and after 20 minutes, he too gave up all the info. So then they take the Italian spy and did the same to him, but he didn't give any info. So they kept torturing him for three hours, but with no luck. Eventually, they gave up and put him back in the cell. And the other two spies asked him, How did you do that? They tortured us like crazy. And the Italian replies, I wanted to give all my info, but they tied my hands in this so I couldn't speak. That's awesome. (laughs) Oh, the old Italian joke. I thought you might enjoy that as an Italian. That's true. Fokinoi toys. How do you get a one-armed Italian out of a tree? Uh, you talk to him? Wave to him. <laughs> That's a Polak joke, too. Maybe it is. I don't know. All right. Well, um, and the next episode will be my birthday. I'll be 38 years old. I'll give you guys an update on kayak fishing and video games and boat day. Nice. That'll work out well. And we'll talk to you guys later. All guys. We'll see you next week. Love you. Bye.